Hello friends, this is Carl Bastian, aka The Kidologist. What's a kidologist, you ask? It's someone who's committed to never stopping learning about kids, their world, and how to best reach them with the good news of Jesus Christ. If that describes you, then you're a kidologist too. So welcome to Kidmin Talk, my opportunity here from kidology.org to extend my mission of equipping and encouraging children's workers to your computer, your iPhone, your iPad, or however you choose to listen. And it doesn't have to be a one-way conversation. You can shape the show by communicating with me by Twitter or email or joining in the Kidology Forum discussions where hundreds of kidologists like you are interacting with the show every day about their ministries. In fact, it was someone like you who gave us our topic today. Today's show is sponsored by INCM and a very generous and exclusive opportunity for Kidology members that I can't wait to tell you about. So get ready because it is time to talk Kidman. And talk Kidman we will. But first of all, I have just got to say thank you to those of you who send emails, who tweet, who interact in the forum. It is such an encouragement to me personally. You know, sometimes this can feel like a one-way conversation where I'm just talking at the microphone. And sometimes when I get emails, people say, I I know you get tons of these, but... And I, I always reply back, no, it's I don't. And uh, and so often people assume that there's just this flood of emails coming in, and um, theirs is just you know like just one of uh, a ton. And and it isn't true because you guys are busy. You are busy running your ministries and putting out fires and recruiting and dealing with ministry issues. Because I know I was there for twenty years, and and now I'm blessed to be in a season where I am just devoting my time full-time uh, to, to growing and developing kidology and pouring into equipping and encouraging you. And so I know what that's like. And I used to be the beneficiary and uh, the recipient of ministries like kidology. And, uh, and I didn't always have the time to just send an email of encouragement or to give feedback or to interact and things. And so when you take the time to do that, it just makes my day. In fact, it puts some wind in my sail. And so let me just say thank you for the times that you do that because it encourages me and uh, lets me know, yes, it's worth the time to take out of my busy schedule as well and to get back in front of the microphone and to do yet another podcast. But I have got to tell you, I am so excited about INCM's new CM Leaders Conference. And uh, I've been talking to Michael Chanley and Alan and some of the other staff there. They've got some exciting things that they're doing. I love their new mission statement, serve, serve, serve. They have got a heart for service. I think, I don't know for a fact, because you know someone may challenge me on but I think I've got the record for the most consecutive years at CPC conferences. I have been to 40 CPCs in a row since 1995. I haven't been speaking at all of them, but I have been to 40 CPCs in a row. And there's a reason for that. It's not for that record. In fact, I just figured that out this year. I had to email Roxanne and find out how many CPCs they had at different locations, and I finally started doing the math. In fact, I thought it was around 35, 36, and I was shocked to find out 
it had been 40 CPCs in a row. And I've been blessed and privileged to speak at many of those and uh, perform a little bit at, when they had some outside fairs, doing some magic tricks and unicycling even. And uh, But I love being a part of CPC. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about that. I'll link in the show notes. I've got a blog post called Why CPC. And I would encourage you, if you've never been to a CPC, you've got to go. And I've said many times, not everybody needs to go every year. I've got a unique ministry and I love to be there to network and equip and going to a variety of conferences is healthy and I would encourage that. But if you could only pick one conference, I always say CPC is the one you should pick because of the vast variety of training and resources and speakers. It's the neutral conference that everybody's there and you've got to be there. And so when I found out from that launching pad of just how incredibly awesome CPC is, when I found out that they were taking this step to create a conference for leaders of leaders, the CM Leaders Conference coming up this fall in Columbus, Ohio, I just thought, wow, that is incredible. And so been talking to INCM and they have just done a really generous and incredible thing. They have provided a discount for Kidology members. So if you go to Kidology or you follow the links in the show notes, there is an exclusive Kidology members only discount. You can click through if you're a member, get a discount code that you'll be able to use on incm.org to save over 50% on the cost of this conference. That's right. You can go to the first ever inaugural, first annual, I hope it's annual, conference. I don't know that for a fact. They're probably doing this first one, seeing how it goes. I don't know. I'm not on the board or the staff or anything. I'm just a huge fan and supporter of, of INCM. But you can go for only $99. I think right now it's $207 to go. I think the first early bird discount's over. So for $99, you can go to this conference. Now, I want to make it even sweeter for you. I want to invest in you. I want to invest in INCM. So here's what I'm going to do to even sweeten the deal even better. If you're a premium member of Kidology, which you need to be to get this discount code, I am going to give you another whole year of Kidology. How's that? 60 bucks worth. So listen to this, 99 bucks to go to this amazing CM Leaders Conference. That's like bringing it down to 39 bucks, 40 bucks to go to a conference. That's right now $207. I mean, how can you argue with that? Investing in your leadership development and being a part of this historic event of INCM. So the way this works is if you're not a member, you, you just join, all right, that's 60 bucks, but then you're going to get your membership extended another year. So that's like getting two years for the price of one and getting a $200 conference for $99. It doesn't get any better than that. Now, I don't want to take a lot of time telling you all about the conference. That's what websites are for. So go to incm.org, click on the CM Leaders Conference. They've even got a bundle going where you can get CPC and the CM Leaders Conference. Not sure how that would work with a discount. You'd probably have to just call and talk to the good folks there. I'm sure they'll wheel and deal because they want to get people there. They want you to experience this. They want to pour into you and equip you to take your ministry to the next 
level. There's exciting things happening at INCM. There's exciting things happening in the world of children's ministry. And I am so pumped that they have been willing to do this to invest in our members on Kidology because they know our passion is so parallel to theirs to equip and encourage children's workers and leaders to make them the best that they can be in children's ministry. So this offer expires September 1st. So you have basically a month to do this. And I realize you've got to invest in some airfare, some travel, and some lodging and things. But for 99 bucks, or actually 40 bucks if you're a member and you're the first 10. Now there's a limit on the first 10 to get that extra free year of Kidology. So jump on this opportunity. Be one of the first 10 members to take advantage of this and get your Kidology membership extended by a year. If you don't get that, you're still getting an entire 50% off of the CM Leaders Conference. So I would just encourage you to take advantage of this great opportunity. Now, what I want to talk about today, you noticed if you saw the title there, it's that simple, it's that difficult. Well, over in the Kidology forums today, somebody posted a topic and it, their topic title in the form was, Where Do I Start? Wow, when I saw that, I just thought, man, that, that, that is a loaded forum title topic. So I, I clicked on that right away. And I didn't know if this was a rookie children's director or what this was. But what, what this person described was that they're, they're new in their church. And in their evaluation, as they looked at the youth group, they realized that a lot of the teenagers just really didn't know a lot about God's word or about Christ. And, and this person says, you know, I just sat and I scratched my head trying to figure out what approach to take. And, and then this person says, you know, many of the youth have been coming to church and they, they were in the kids ministry, but they really didn't know a lot about a relationship with Christ. This person says that the church has a low Sunday school attendance because the youth really aren't that interested. And, and in their evaluation, Neither are the parents. And, and then they go on to say the children's church is, is really not doing that great. And, and the older kids are kind of going out. And, and they even go as far as to say that the youth director, in their estimation, is, is clueless. And it says that they're focused more on events than really ministering to the kids. And, and I love this quote because I think we've all felt there. This person says, I'm about to pull my hair out because I feel like I'm the only one that sees the problem, help. Have you ever said that? I, I, I'm about to pull my hair out because I'm the only one that sees the problem, help. Well, I, I wanted to respond there. I've linked that that forum thread in the in the in the notes there. I would love to have you reply in there or in the forum thread that's part of this podcast. Every podcast has its own thread that you can reply in. And man, it's like I want to write a book and. But I, I thought, you know, what is the most succinct answer that I could give to this? Here you have not just a problem in this church, but I'm reading this short paragraph from this member of Kidology, and I'm saying what this person is describing is not just a problem in that church. What this person is describing is a nationwide problem. Here we are in America, a church as a whole in a country that is the richest country in the world. I, I have read from Sylvia Froth and from others that our church has 95% of the Christian resources of the world. 
I mean, we have got million dollar buildings. We have got, you know, videos and laser pointers and we've got Christian dance programs and we've got all this incredible stuff. And then, and then we scratch our heads because the kids get into fifth and sixth grade and they're bored with it all. They're getting into youth group and the, the, the depressing statistics of the drinking and the teenage pregnancy and the kids leaving the church, you know, and, and we're scratching our heads. And we go, what, what's going wrong? And we've got the programs, we've got curriculums. There's a plethora of resources out there and websites. I mean, I remember when Kidology and just a handful of other websites were the only ones out there. Now there's a new website or a new blog or a I mean, the, the, the Twitter followers, I can't keep up with all the new Twitter people out there with the Kidman hashtag, and I love it. I mean, there is no lack of stuff out there. And yet we go, what about the results? If we have all this stuff and all this money and all these resources, why do we appear to be failing? And I go back all the time, and I want to scream from the top of a mountain, but, you know, I've got a microphone here, so I'm just going to scream into my microphone and say, there is an answer. But most people are neglecting it. And all we have to do is go back and look at Jesus' ministry. You see, because Jesus knew what to do, and he did it. And he turned the world upside down, and he didn't have any programs. He had used barely any money. He had no electronic stuff and he transformed the world with no email with no mass marketing with no logos and he did it and we can do the same thing that doesn't mean we don't have to use all that stuff and that we have to ban all that stuff but we're depending too much on it and so what i replied is i said if i had to answer in one word it would be discipleship now, I know we throw that word around a lot, but what does that word mean? You see, the church today, and I'm, I'm going to read here a little bit, and you'll see this in the form, but the church today spends too much time and energy and money trying to turn out disciples through mass large group events. And what this person describes is the results. You know that old saying, the proof is in the pudding? Well, the proof is in the pudding. What we see in our teenagers is the result of the strategies being employed in our children's ministries. If, if you want to see the solution, you, you have to look no further than the ministry of Jesus. He gave us the formula. Now, did Jesus do large group ministry? Yeah, absolutely. He taught on the hillsides, right? And did Jesus do really cool stuff? You had better believe he did cool stuff. You know, he used gospel magic. They're called miracles. He did stuff that wowed people. He walked on water. You know, he broke fish and fed 5,000 people. So he's all for big wow events and drawing large crowds. He did awesome stuff. All right. But, and this is what people miss, but he poured his life and spent the majority of his time pouring into just a small group of 12 men. That's what people forget. That's what discipleship is. That's how I modeled my ministry for 20 years. 
I did fantastic large group events that drew kids and families, yes. But I poured the bulk of my time and energy in discipling a small group of kids. And I was always discipling a small group of kids one-on-one and training teachers and leaders to do the same. You gotta do both. You can't just do that big stuff. If that's all you do, you will have kids going into youth group that fade away. And what's fascinating is I look back over my ministry. It is the kids I discipled one-on-one on my kids' crew or one-on-one through Awesome Adventure who are now strong Christian kids. And many of those are actually in Bible college or in ministry today. Now, I hate talking about products because it always sounds like it's an infomercial. But I've written about these things and spoke about these things because they did work. And they're a product of other things I learned from others. But in the Kids Church Cookbook, Part 6, it's all about my Kids Church Cookbook. I mean, my Kids Church thing. And I just got an email. This literally came in yesterday. And I want want to read you this. This is from a, a result of a CPC workshop I did. I believe it's like over 10 years ago. And this is from Nancy Keith, all right? And she wrote to me, said, After our service today, a fifth grade girl asked who came up with the idea of Kids Crew. I told her about the CPC in San Diego where Pam Dunavant and I met you and learned about Kids Crew, then came home and implemented it. She told me to tell you thanks then proceeded to tell me how the crew was shaping her life. Although we rotate jobs, this girl has started and will be finishing the year as a special friend. Now that's where you assign them to a child with special needs or discipline issues or something like that. We have a Down syndrome child, I'm continuing to read, and assigned two of our crew to sit with him. She kept signing up for that job and has gone above and beyond talking to his parents, and finding out his needs. I'm sorry, I'm getting a little emotional here. She now believes that this has made her want to study special ed. She wants you to know this. She said, my life has been changed by kids' crew. I just wanted you to be encouraged by the one who came back to say thanks. Nancy, I'm going to have to pause this. I'm getting teared up. You see, when you pour into a small group of kids. Every year, I minister to the masses, and I pulled off the most exciting, the funniest, and the most powerful kids' churches I could to a room full of children. But I poured my life into a small group of kids' crew kids. And we had our Sunday afternoon, once a month rehearsals. We had our midweek rehearsals, but I discipled them, and I trained them. We had overnights, Bible studies, and I train those kids. And today, right now, there are kids in Bible college at Moody Bible Institute and other schools. I baptized those kids and I poured into them. I've been to their weddings. And many of them are godly spouses today. Some were parents today because they were my disciples. And you have, that's how Jesus did ministry. And here's a young girl that someone just emailed me about that they form that kid's crew. They're pouring into her life. And now she wants to study special ed and it's going to change the direction of her life because she was on a kid's crew. So 
I, I've, I'll link in the show notes the Kids Crew book that I've written, and I'll link to the, my awesome adventure discipleship guide, which, by the way, is being completely revised. And I'll maybe I'll talk about that later, or maybe I'll do a podcast later in August. It's being completely redone by Disciple Land. It's going to be incredible. I'm actually going to be in the book as a cartoon guide, taking D. Sign Paul and two other characters hiking through Yosemite. It's going to be amazing. It comes out. I think in August this month. But resources aside, the key to is to start discipling kids one-on-one. Whether you go through a book or whether you just do it informally and getting others to do that. And you got to hear me on this. Only relationships will make a long-term difference in kids' lives. No program No program will introduce kids to Christ. I've got to repeat that. No program, no product, no curriculum will guide kids into a genuine relationship with Christ that will last into their teenage years. Only a person, a human being can do that. Whenever I meet someone who's on fire for Christ, I I ask them, who made the difference in your life? And they talk about a person. My wife can tell you the name of the gal who began doing, Kathy Gleason, that's her name, took me a second, who began doing a Bible study with her on Friday nights when she was a young teenage gal because she knew Friday nights was when young people get into trouble. So she started, and my wife didn't realize the significance of that till later, but started doing discipleship with her on Friday nights when she was a young teenage girl, when she might have gotten into trouble. You ask people, who's the person that made a difference? For me, it was Ralph Hines started discipling me when I was a young teenage boy. It's always going to be a person. If a child doesn't have a person who personally introduces them to Jesus and personally guides them into getting to know him, other than a parent, they will stray from Christ until such a time that a person guides them back to Jesus. And that's why I say it's that simple and it's that difficult. If you spend your ministry running programs and recruiting and worrying about background checks and filling rosters and making sure, you know, that you've got all these safety procedures and the policy manuals and the job descriptions done, and that's all important, but if that's all you do, the kids are going to fall away when they reach the youth ministry. You've got to be discipling kids. It's that simple. And it's that incredibly difficult. So you have to make the decision. Do I want to have kids who survive those teenage years? And if I'm serious about it, am I going to identify some kids and make time to disciple them? And uh, and I'll I'll link to an article in the forum notes on developing a church-wide strategy of discipleship. And that sounds like starting another program, but it isn't. Sometimes it means canceling some programs to make time to be a discipler. Jesus didn't start any programs. Did you notice that? He did some speaking. he, He did some stuff, but he just spent time discipling. And it may mean a radical change in your ministry strategy. I'm going to end just with a short story. You've probably heard this before. If you haven't, for those who haven't, it's it's worth sharing. And the story is about an old man and a young boy who are walking along the beach. The tide began to go out, and as it did so, the boy noticed hundreds of starfish left stranded along the sand. 
And as they're walking along, the wise old man commented to the young boy, you see all those starfish along the sand? When they get abandoned by the low tide, the sun comes out and bakes them, and they all die there in the sun. The young boy, of course, caring for the starfish, immediately ran down to the shore and began picking up the starfish one by one, throwing them back out into the water, trying to save them. Of course, there were hundreds of starfish. It was an impossible task to save them all. The old man, being much older and slower, eventually caught up to the boy and stopped him just as he had picked up another starfish and caught his arm. And he said, you silly boy, what are you doing? He said, I'm saving the starfish. And he said, you can't. That's ridiculous. He said, don't you know, you, you, there's no way you could save all these starfish. There's, there's hundreds of them. The boy pulled his arm free from the old man's grasp and threw that starfish out into the water. And after it splashed into the water, he turned to the old man and he said, you're right, I can't save them all, but I just saved that one. And I think the point's pretty obvious. You know, we get overwhelmed by all the children that we can't reach. And so we try to make these mass programs that will just save all the starfish. I think that's why we do it. But Jesus says, you know, you can't save them all, but you can make a difference in a few lives. And so we do our mass events, and that's fine. But what we've got to do is we've got to reach down, and we've got to pick up a couple of kids, and we've got to disciple them. And then we've got to train some others to reach down and pick up a couple of kids and start discipling them. And you know what? Kids can become disciplers of others. And that's the answer. It's that simple. And it's that difficult. And it starts by discipling your own kids in your home. It starts by identifying kids in crisis. It starts by identifying kids whose parents are strong Christians, but their children need someone outside of the home reaffirming what they're hearing in the home. You've got to be a discipler of kids. One-on-one or one-on-two for safety issues. When you go out to a restaurant, I always disciple two boys. But if you're not a discipler of kids, you're not going to see the trend change. Do ministry like Jesus did. Do those big wow events. Do miracles. Do amazing stuff. You can't walk on water, but you can have pool parties. You can't change water into wine, but you can do some pretty cool gospel illusions. Okay? But you got to have that small group of kids that you pour your life into. And I guarantee you, if you will do that, you'll begin to see a youth ministry that's different. And you'll begin to have a youth pastor thanking you for the kids that you are handing to him. Because they'll be godly, they'll be on fire for God, and they'll become leaders and disciplers in their youth ministry. Well, thanks for giving me this opportunity to challenge you, to push you to think in perhaps some new ways. Take some time to think about it and to pray about it. You can always communicate with me on Twitter at KidmanTalk.com. My email is Carl at KidmanTalk.com. And be sure to join in the conversation in the forums. Don't forget, $99 to go to CM Leaders Conference. Details are all on the website. And remember, you can shape the show by being a part of the conversation or suggesting topics of what you would like to hear next time 
we're together on Kidmin Talk. Talk.